Hello, and welcome to All's Fair in Lava and Floor. I'm Amanda. And I'm Anne. And we're here to talk to you about everybody's favorite obstacle course game show, Floor is Lava. And uh, for this episode, we have a very special guest. We have with us the showrunner and executive producer for Floor is Lava, Anthony Carboni. Hi, Anthony. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Hi. Uh, this is This is wild. <laughs> It, it is especially wild considering that um, I, I do have to give a shout out to my friend Stodd St. Fleur, who was on a previous episode, and also my friend Robbie Thompson, who both coincidentally happened to know you, which is and, and put us in touch, which was very <laughs> kind of them. And we're very, it's very kind of you to come on. Yeah, no, I said when I saw your podcast, I was like, they're going to do every episode. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. I, I love I've enjoyed listening to it so far. I'm not going to lie. The point at which it was made clear that like we knew people who were <laughs> friends with you and you said, oh, yeah, I listen. We were like, I <laughs> I had a, a very mild heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, I, I love listening to anyone talk. I don't good or bad. It's great to hear people talk about stuff you do because it's just it's just <laughs> hilarious to hear people try to guess what was going on. And also try to improve upon the product. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're basically doing market research for you, right? That's... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so for the last few episodes, we've been putting out the call for questions. Plus, we put out like a big push this morning on Twitter. Excellent. And so we have people's, you know, very burning questions about Flora's <laughs> Lava. And uh, the one that I got the most and that my husband literally told me this is my first and second question and if you don't ask it we're getting a divorce <laughs> what how long was the discussion about whether or not to include the in Lava? <laughs> oh the, the. you know I, my, my joke has always been that uh I, <laughs> my joke has always been that we teamed up with sean parker and he told us to lose the dog it was simpler you know like the facebook <laughs> but <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it really wasn't that much of a discussion. It was literally, you know, there was basically the floor is lava. I think there might have been a game that was out there that was something like that. And it was just, mm -hmm. a, a, you know, a clear legal move to just call mm -hmm. it floor is lava. And then as we started to say it, we're like, yeah, it kind of works. Floor is lava. It just seems a little, we liked how reductive it felt. It was just like floor mm -hmm. is lava. Very like caveman almost. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't, it didn't take too long. It was kind of like floor is lava, floor is lava. Great. Moving on. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually a good question. Like how, how did you get involved in the show? Like what stage was it at when you became involved? So, um, you know, it was created by this company, Haymaker and, uh, the two people that created it, uh, this, uh, man named Rod and this woman, Megan, they, um, they had worked on it and the format and Netflix had been figuring it out, but they'd never done anything of this magnitude, the type of mm -hmm. reality show that's competition stuff. I've done a lot of stuff like that. I've done Fear Factor. I've done all sorts of crazy, wacky shows, American Gladiators, things of that nature. So they had to hire the right people kind of to implement the show, you know, execute it. So I got involved, um, you know, in the pre-production phase, like just, you know, for the first day of go, it's like, here's a rough idea of what we have in the format. Here's, you know, but now we mm -hmm. have to design and get it going. But to be honest, it was rapid. 
you know, it's always funny to hear, you know, people be like, you know what I would have done to the show. It's like, well, it's not just <laughs> in a vacuum of like, hey, how much time do we have? Let's just discuss. It's literally like, okay, we're starting January, whatever. We started in January. We're in pre-production. We need to load in the set by March. We need to shoot by April. Like, you know, so it's yeah. just like you're moving forward on a moving train. Um, so I, I came in at that point and then, you know, helped redevelop the format, you know, as we figured out what was actually executable. And um, so, yeah, so it was like January through we finished shooting in May of uh, what was it, last year, 2019. Wow, that is that is so fascinating to kind of hear. I suppose that makes a lot of sense to have it be a relatively quick turnaround. Yeah, um, really quick, especially something this magnitude, because you have to look, and also it's like a first season, right? And it's not like yeah. you did a pilot. It's not like, you know, basically imagine you're trying to game out lava. What is lava, right? And mm -hmm. then you, do, you get all these substances and you look at them and you test them, but you're only getting like a bucket, right? Uh, you're only uh, paying for a bucket. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, that one works. Let's order 80,000 gallons of it. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like we can, it's not like we have the time to like, this, like fuss around with stuff. You just have to move and make decisions on a first season of a reality show, particularly because we don't do pilots. I always say the first 10 episodes are our pilots. Like, yeah. you know, baked in mistakes and all. Like, it's just, you just have to move forward. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, okay. So on the subject of the lava, mm -hmm. I'd love to know what it's made of, but at the very least, like, what were you going for with like the viscosity? Because the, the way it coats Undulate. people <laughs> yes, yeah. is it's fascinating to a degree that I, I can't handle. <laughs> like <laughs> I, yeah. I, once people were soaked, I was obsessed with just like staring and being like, what? must that feel like <laughs> it's disgusting and it gets all over everything and like we had thousands and thousands of towels on set because every time anyone got out of that tank it would just goop everywhere and it's in the old ikea of burbank which is just cement floors right so yeah. that stuff and cement floors death drop flip <laughs> oh, <laughs> and bang your head so yeah no we wanted a substance that you know you want something that you know had some sort of undulation had some sort of like viscosity to it. We definitely wanted to have some slip to it as well, you know, so it, it increased the, uh, the magnitude of difficulty. Uh, but also like, you know, it's interesting because we had to price it out to a degree as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the thicker it is, the more expensive it is. Sure. And so, and then every time you're filling up that tank and cleaning out that tank, uh, water is getting into it as well. So it's diluting it a bit and stuff like that. So it's just, which we discovered, to be honest. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's so, so, but we did a lot of tests. There was also like, initially our goal was to um, try to light it and try to have like light that changes. So it looks a little more like lava has like, you know, a range of colors between orange and red and stuff like that. But we mm -hmm. found that it was just really hard for light to like shoot through it. And, and when you order it, it worked in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> but when you right. ordered 8,000 <laughs> gallons of it, it didn't work so well. Then, so then we had to dye it. But like, yeah, so it was this balance of like thickness um, and undulation and viscosity that, it, but can also go through because we had to create a whole plumbing system within the IKEA, right? We had to have tanks outside with thousands and thousands of gallons of lava that we could then pump in and pump out, so we could clean tanks, move things around, change things. Mm -hmm. um, so it had to also have a practicality to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was kind of that balance. The interesting thing about it was uh, it's a biological. So to say what it is, I can't say exactly what it is. I always say it's closest to um, Panda Express orange chicken sauce, and it actually has ingredients <laughs> that are similar too, because it is an edible. 
<laughs> yes, that's what that's what it is. I mean, like in many ways, it is like a big tank of un, you know unflavored Panda Express uh, sauce. But uh, <laughs> but to that fact, like it also had to be um, food grade safe, right? It needed to be safe sure. that people could go into it. Uh, you, I don't know if yeah. you noticed they go under. So um, <laughs> you know, it, you also needed to be able to be safe. So it's a whole balance of things. And the thing we found because it took us a while to shoot is because it is food like as time went on it started to be like this smells a little weird oh no oh no <laughs> like we better finish shooting because it might go rotten uh because it is a biological <laughs> complicated you never think that there's so much complication for floors i but love there it <laughs> i do i mean i thought about that because i was thinking about like viscosity and if you have um you know things that have to move equipment that has to move you know to turn the bed or whatever and you have to have things that mm-hmm. shoot the lava up that that anything that's viscous like that you run the risk of bad things happening to the mechanical mm-hmm. components mm-hmm. yeah clogging things up that kind of nature yeah wow. exactly exactly mm. and again you can't science it it's the first season so you kind of have to look at it and be like using whatever expertise weird expertise we have doing other shows you're like Meh, close enough let's order eighty thousand gallons <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then a, and then two tanker trucks come <laughs> oh my god oh, that's amazing so one of the one of the other questions that people asked us, which is sort of relevant, since it started to smell maybe a little bad as time went on, does it smell like anything when it's fresh lava? Is there fresh lava? <laughs> no, it it really had it didn't have much of a smell. I mean, just because it's a liquid, you know, and it's like the moisture, mm-hmm. it almost smelled like a pool to a degree, you know, yeah. like a like that. Um, eventually, as it started to turn, uh, we started to add bubble gum scent to it. So it was mm. this, this wonderful nauseating smell of of whatever it was going to do and bubble gum. And and mind you, we had you know we had challenged people in wetsuits like in tanks like there for like eight hours a day like mm. in the tank getting like oh, no. living in it. So, but yeah, oh my gosh. So, so imagine bubble gum like like hubba bubba bubble gum too. Like yeah, that kind of that's amazing. Gum. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the other questions we got a lot was how deep the lava is. And uh, you just now saying that there are people like in it a lot uh, is very fascinating to me. Like how, how far down did it really go? Um, I'm not going to give you exact depths, right. uh, but like it was, it was a fairly deep tank. Like the main thing is it had to be deep enough that if people fell from monkey bars, that sort of thing, that they can't hit the bottom. Right, because right. the bottom is the bottom is metal plating and bolts and like, oh, all, yeah. like all sorts of craziness under there, right? So yeah. you know, it, safety is a pretty imperative uh, thing right? always. So um, it was deep enough that, like, imagine in a pool where you can dive, right? So it was deep enough where like someone could fall and they're not going to hit the bottom and sure. cut themselves yeah. up or bang, God forbid, bang their heads. Because if you notice, no one's wearing any helmets, which was our yeah. goal. Our goal was we do, we want no safety equipment if possible. That that does so much for the the experience because it, it makes it mm-hmm. very much seem like the game you played as a kid where you're just running around. But uh, it's, it's terrifying. I mean, those people when they yeah. walked in there, they're like, ha ha ha. But when you look at it and it's spraying everywhere and it's it's red, <laughs> it's like a little angry beast, and you know you don't know what's under. The- <laughs> it's pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so. Oh, you know, go ahead, go. Amanda. It's your turn. It's your turn. Well, we don't have to take turns. I think it's, <laughs> it's all right. We're working together on this, much like contestants yeah. crossing the lava. <laughs> yeah, it's great teamwork. It's what I love. I guess I, I had a specific question off of you talking about when people first walked in and, and were 
uh, kind of in awe of it. Were, were there any teams that like genuinely surprised you with how they handled uh, the room and the runs and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, so, you know, they they had a vague idea of what the room would be like, right? But they never really mm-hmm. got to experience it. They never got to see the set um, in and of itself. Like, I think, I can't remember exactly how Challenge prepped them. I think maybe they showed them a drawing or I can't exactly remember what it was. Um, but, like, to me, every time was surprising just to see, like, it's almost as if, like, you know, you always tell contestants, hey, you know, um, be yourselves. That's why we cast you. But be yourself mm-hmm. at a party, right? Be on. Mm-hmm. Because you're on a TV show. We want you to be entertaining. That's why we cast you. <laughs> and so, like, even if it doesn't scare you that much, like, lean into it, you know. But on this show, what I found surprising is the moment they stepped onto that set and just the lights and, like, you know, and the lava and the noise. I mean, the thing was loud as hell, too, just because of, the you know, all the all the bubbles and jets. They always had this like suddenly they would flip and they would forget they were even on a show half the time. They would just be like, oh my God, what the hell is this? And my favorite <laughs> reaction, I think, was the uh, flight attendants, Chicklet mm-hmm. and company. Like, I just thought, <laughs> yes. I just thought, I just thought they were so lewd and so hysterical <laughs> the whole way through. Like, their whole run, you're just like, my God, you could just understand, like, how those three party on all their yeah. flights and you were just like it was just like i don't know if we wanted a vision of that but we got it <laughs> loud and clear <laughs> were there some teams that that did some of these runs and the footage wasn't used or other runs that they made like before this because i know janine um had said something about having done another course that that did not mm-hmm. make the show so you know on oftentimes on shows like this you know you try to run more people than not, you know, so you have the options within post to kind of excise anything that, you know, wasn't a great run or, you know, had it either maybe it was a major technical flaw or something like that. Uh, usually not a technical thing because, you know, we try to make it a fair game show. But so on this show, yeah, we did have a couple runs that, you know, necessar- didn't necessarily make the cut just because, um, you know, we're just like, okay, this wasn't as great. And so you want to try to shoot as many as possible. Honestly, I wish I could have shot mm-hmm. even more runs, just time, you know, mm-hmm. time was not in our favor yeah, um yeah. in terms of in terms of another run and all that stuff i'm not gonna get too detailed into it <laughs> but i will say this like you know as of season one we tried a lot of stuff so mm-hmm. we had um there were a lot of things that didn't make the cut that we tried you know that just we were just like hey let's try this and maybe maybe we can start the show this way and da, da, da. and it's all this balance of trying to navigate you know what netflix is asking for navigate our creative and also be able to preserve in the edit you know, whatever iteration it becomes. So mm-hmm. yeah, there were things that we shot that didn't make the cut and they were fun things. It's just in the end, we found that the big room in its essence really was what played best. And yeah. the rest of it kind of was noise that was like, eh, it does, it's not really as much floor as lava. And we just wanted to kind of tap into that specific nostalgic, you know, essence right there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think I'm about to ask another question that you can't answer, but Ooh, tell me, uh, tell me, I want to know <laughs> what happens to the people. They die. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I assumed that that's what happens. That's what I assumed. <laughs> no. Um, was the lava actually warm or did did players just completely psych themselves out because more than once players were on the course and being like ah oh, it's hot and it wasn't just like uh actually freaking out or was it actually warm it well, i mean it wasn't it wasn't cold 
right. by any means because it was in you know it was in outdoor tanks you know it, so sun was beating down on those tanks and uh <laughs> i think i just think people were like leaning into it you know what i mean like sure, you know, yeah. and, and and i'm not exactly you know to be honest i got sprayed a couple times on the edges of the tank just just you know watching tests and stuff but i never like i stayed i stayed away from that lava <laughs> I, yeah. wanted nothing, I wanted nothing to do with that like i'm a bit ocd i don't want any gooey sticky things all over me um but it wasn't it wasn't heated or anything of that nature it was just whatever temperature it was um mm. going through now mind you under lights um there's uh underneath the bubblers and all this other stuff so it probably was a bit i would say tepid i mean but you know mm-hmm. oh this is tepid is not as exciting as oh this is hot yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully they lead into it i suppose <laughs> I'm still wrapping my head around the idea of tepid lava. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But like, I just think you know, once you know, we always tell them like, you know, be yourselves, go out there, have fun. And I just think everyone just kind of reverted to their own little childhood self and made it their own little yeah. adventure. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have to guide them much; they just wanted to. You know, you kind of go there and you want to be in the adventure. You know, you're like, oh my god, we're doing this, and it's just, it's just fun. Yeah. 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 So one of the, the questions that had come up with us in the show, which I'm not sure if anyone asked us, but I still want to know the answer to, was there um, man- some manual control of the lava jets? Was that, I mean, because sometimes it seems kind of deliberate in a very funny way. <laughs> I'm like, it's just a little vindictive, which is very good. Uh, so was that like something that was happening automatically? Was there was there a big red lava button somewhere? And if there was, how do I get that job? Yeah, it's like the dude that had that job, and I don't remember his name exactly. It's like he's he you know, he's one of the he's one of the challenge part of the challenge team, part of the building team. Like literally, it's a he had a box in front of him and like you know, switches to all the different areas of mm-hmm. you know that can make blast and stuff like that. And then um, the head of our challenges was this guy Keith Geller, who um, Scott also, also knows, and mm-hmm. he would like kind of cue you know. We, we had specific things like we try to make things as fair as possible. So we try to be equal with people like if someone if they're going to go here, let's shoot it here and, um, you know, and try to do that for every team on that run just to try to keep sure. it equal. But I will say, like, you know, that guy really started to really enjoy his job. <laughs> there, would be, there would be times like you just go and I just turn to him and I'd be, I'd be like, what the fuck? And he'd be like, sorry. <laughs> like, it was right know. there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think he started to get pretty excited. So, yeah, absolutely. We could control every element of it. And absolutely. <laughs> absolutely he enjoyed his job quite a lot (laughs) i'm so glad i think i mean it works well because i I think that then it it sort of makes the contestants start responding to the lava as Mm -hmm. if it has willpower which which is sort of like that's an interesting element since obviously it's such an important element of the show like more than really anything else i mean the lava has presence like stage presence because of that it's a character yeah exactly it's a character it's the antagonist that sometimes you're rooting for it (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man that's been one of my my favorite things just watching that that lava come for people it's it's oh it's the best i mean it's always i mean like that's the thing like all the stress of trying to get it on its feet and stuff like that but when we're sitting in you know we have a control room and our director's directing and all the cameras and it's watching people go through it and you're just like come on and fall (laughs) you just want to see a mate and every time you just and i just without fail just cackle like it just makes you laugh it doesn't matter (laughs) Like whatever is in our little brains that make us laugh when people hit things, you just do. And that's just the way it is. (laughs) One thing I'm curious about in like, it it didn't have to be explicitly used in the 
actual show or anything, but was there like a, a narrative that was developed for why this house had a bunch of lava in it or like who these people who own this house were? Was there ever an idea that Rutledge would actually lived here? You know, w- were there things like that kind of built in to make it feel more real? To say that there was a narrative, is, I feel like it's an understatement. Like, like I feel like... <laughs> I feel like there was like, you know, like before anything, it was just like a whole book was written of like what it was. Yeah, no, I mean, at, at, at some point and early on, it was just like, hey, it's this guy and this is why and this is what happened to his house and then this happened and then there'll be clues to this. I mean, like we went down some rabbit holes. I'm not going to lie. And like wow. Netflix, Netflix, you know, is um, an interesting place to work for because they're very, they're very liberal in terms of like allowing you to, you know, to do your own thing. Like my exec always said to me, um, he's always like, just think of this as your student film, what he'd say to us. <laughs> you know? mm, nice. But then, but then when I'd be uh, okay, let me tell you what this is. <laughs> like this man built a house in a and then they'd be like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, that's, a, that's, that's a little much for us. But yeah, no, we definitely had this underpinning of what it is. Someone mentioned some house. In, was it in Wisconsin's house that we should look at? Like, yeah, yeah. House on the Rock. House on the Rock. Oh, oh, we looked at that house. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to know that. Yeah, we definitely took touchstones of different things. But yeah, no, there was there's a there's a pitch. There are a couple pitches that are whole stories of like who this person is and the why and the and we tried to like have elements of that like Rutledge like in paintings and you know on yeah. like different things like we tried to hint at it like basically Netflix was like you can hint at things but like we don't want to be so forward with the idea that there's like you know we d- I mean we were like we're like can Rutledge be a character and then he has like a butler <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh man that is that is what I would have absolutely killed for yeah. uh, now now i want like a spin-off comic or something you know like yeah. some backstory exactly just like a, a, a scripted a scripted side of netflix to do it but uh but you know i definitely definitely got a little carried away and netflix would try to like keep us in line at times and sure. uh you know and i did my job and sometimes i internally disagreed but you know <laughs> more power to them it's their it's you know in the end it's their streamer their yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think that there's kind of a joy to it being like subtext on some level of like mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. actually knowing, but, but, you know, because I think you can tell when somebody put in thought to it, even if it's not like explicit on screen, that you can kind of feel like, oh, wait, maybe this is a thing that makes sense. And I think there's a like a fun sort of mystery solving element to that of, of these little bits of things that we can that we can pick up, like the recurring rhino. Yeah. yeah. The recurring rhino, I can tell you the, rec- the recurring rhino is because our, um, Arad, the guy, one of the creators and who owns the company that made the thing, he, like, his dream was, like, a giant, like, rhino that you could, like, <laughs> ride on and, like, stuff like that. And, and as we were pricing it out, we're like, Jesus, man, this rhino is going to be really expensive. <laughs> like, it was going to be like, like, we're like, oh, like, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 to build this rhino. <laughs> Like, oh, no. like, and we're like we're trying to figure out how to incorporate the writer so like eventually we decided to um make it like a thread throughout the thing I, a, a lot of this stuff that's what was fun about it is that you know once once netflix was like don't be so like don't be so uh, overt um, with your narrative but you know you're welcome to you know add whatever craziness to it and that's what we did sure. you know like from numbers on rockets to you know, flat flat Earth was my thing. I was like, we need a flat Earth. <laughs> I love <laughs> like, it. <laughs> you know, and like, or like an alien mummy. Like, we're just like, this. Yeah. Just, let's just be weird. And like, it kind of, and 
because Netflix, again, allows you a certain sort of latitude, like it ran down to my art department, you know, it would be like, you guys go do it. And my art guy would just be like the next day, like, hey, look what I did. I just did, you know, I'm designing off of this. And, that, and everyone kind of got into the creative spirit of just trying to be as silly as we could, you know, mm-hmm. with what we were doing. So when we were talking via email about you coming on, you suggested yeah. that you might have a defense of Rutledge Wood. And I feel like he's been, he has unfairly become sort of the antagonist of this to... podcast. I know. I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't, think, I, I don't think I need to defend Rutledge Wood because I think he's wonderful. Like, it's interesting. I, I had never worked with him before. Um, mm-hmm. And Netflix had a relationship with him on a series called Hyperdrive. Um, and so... You know, we we talked to a million people to do the show. We talked to duos, uh, comedy duos, actors, mm-hmm. like all sorts of things. Um, and um, you know, when it came down to it, it was it was a couple different things. Like you know, meeting him, there was sort of this dad element to him that kind of like he's almost like this. He's like kind of a kid, but he's kind of a dad at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sure, don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. like you know, but it was interesting because. So much of what we were doing in the show, like our intent was like, hey, we're not going to have the host be on the set and we're not, you know, the host is going to be at the end and, you know, the, he's going to be a voice and stuff like that. Um, and so as we met him, there was just some, there was a certain warmth to him that we kind of enjoyed and a hokiness, you know, that's mm, awesome. Yeah. Like that, that kind of works because <laughs> listen, let's be frank, like this show, you know, we're, we're throwing out puns, we're doing things, some are groan inducing, some are actually pretty funny, you know, some, sometimes I'm like, that was funny, and other times I'm like, jeez, guys, you know, but like, you needed, you needed someone who could be with the joke, but also, you know, be above the jokes as well, and like, also not be so, so, like, we, our biggest concern was someone that was so almost meta-sarcastic about the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, a lot of stuff nowadays is a bit a bit too meta yeah. for my liking where it's just like, everything's a little like, Oh, we know this is stupid. Isn't it stupid? <laughs> you know, <and> you're like, <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so we kind of wanted something to embrace the silliness of it. And also um, the, the other aspect was Netflix was re- one of the biggest things was Netflix was like, we want to make sure this could play uh, with kids, right? Yeah. It's adults running it, but they want to make sure it play with kids. So we needed someone that had that comfortability as well. But yeah, no, it's so I, I love Rutledge on it. Like I just thought, I also love. I also thought it was funny to lean into the idea that like you get to meet Rutledge Wood because <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of hysterical. It's like who's Rutledge Wood? Like I don't know, but you get to meet. Uh, you got me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just think what I loved about it was like just his his kid spirit about the whole thing, and he was really wonderful to work with. And like, and I get it. Everyone wants, you know, everyone is just like, oh, this could be better. But I just think he brought this kid spirit to it that could mm-hmm. also be uh palatable to adults because that's the big you know like adults need to be able to like it as well as kids and so it's a weird you know line the thread yeah I, i'm personally i'm not anti-rutledge i i think no. he's great i, I no. mean i think i think we sort of like inherently because we have friends who are who are actors and comedians and who have hosted things i think they're yeah, they're they, very they want they want to host it i, I think i think that may yeah. be the subtext there you know they're just like <laughs> they're pretty, i could have done this wait a second. why does rutledge get those i don't get those like, i don't know <laughs> yeah one of the questions that had come up with uh with some of the guests and with us was whether or not there was a clock in the room that the contestants could see like did they have any awareness of how much time they had left to run they were never aware of what the other contestants had done in terms of their run times they were aware mm-hmm. of a clock because number one those stairs were 
descending, which was, sure. um, you know, a natural thing that they could look at. But number yeah. two, um, because we just have to make our day in terms of shooting, uh, we needed to put some sort of clock on the run uh, yeah. where like they had a, you know, a finite amount of time. Otherwise they would be disqualified uh, or they'd have to like rush through it or whatever it is. So they were given indications of certain timestamps of being like, guys, you have five more minutes to get to the end of this thing. You better hurry up. Um, and so that was, you know, that helps just to help them rush through. Cause people were very tentative, like super, like I think everyone intends to run through the thing as fast as possible. And then they, <laughs> and then they just got very tentative once they see it. And once a friend falls in, Oh my God. So yeah, there was that. And like, you know, we, I, um, you know, you always asked who they were talking to. Um, it was me. Uh, oh. <laughs> I had the, I I could do the little intercom thing and like um and so like you know we just you know, my challenge person would be like yeah five minutes ago you guys got five minutes or whatever and you just kind of yell at them to go through an mm -hmm. intercom system sometimes I would uh forget and press the button I'm I'm a bit derelict at times and I would like be talking or I'd say stuff and they'd hear it <laughs> like and they have heard it I'm just like come on stop being so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like a challenge guy would run in and be like, you're pushing the button. I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I tried to imagine running that course and just suddenly hearing what's effectively the voice of God. Like, you know, exactly. Yeah. Do better. You idiot. <laughs> Fall. Oh, man. Yeah, it was very clear that a lot of people uh, kind of panicked when they first went in. The, oh, the, yeah. The needing to encourage them, I, I understand completely mm -hmm. because, you know, watching people walk into the room and then just stare and mm -hmm. at least one of them tends to just sort of stand and wait yeah. to find out how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just like, well, you guys go first and I'll just stand here and uh, and, and guide. Like, okay. <laughs> it's All like right. a bad idea, but do what you, you do you. You know we're being timed, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think it's the. It, I think like if it was maybe a bigger monetary amount, but like ten thousand dollars divided by three plus Rutledge Wood, they're not running as fast. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I have a question. How did the ten thousand dollars kind of get come to? Like, I'm sure there was budgetary reasons why, but mm -hmm. also like I feel like ten thousand dollars was the absolute perfect prize total to make this be fun without people being scary I, I i think it just happened to work out because of budget but to be honest like you know in the old days of like shows would be like a million dollars and like you know everyone's like oh it, it, it was a draw right people are like oh my god they can mm -hmm. win like a million dollars i gotta watch this tv show now you know i don't think anyone cares like, yeah. I don't think anyone cares if the guy in Survivor wins a million dollars. Like, shrug. No one, no one really watches it for that purpose. Um, so, you know, as we we were thinking, you know, it doesn't have to be a giant prize. Uh, we're like, the prize is doing the show. Like, yeah. at this point, I think I could charge for if there's a season two. <laughs> like, I could be like, <laughs> hey, guys, $2,000, whatever. You know, like, but like, you know, but like, because uh, it is. Like it is a kind of once in a lifetime experience. Whenever I prep, like in the morning, I always go to the contestants and I prep the contestants. I'm like, this is what's going to happen. This is your day. Like, this is what I need from you guys. Um, but I always say to them, like, you know, you need to engage in this because like millions upon millions of dollars have been spent on this and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Our crew was ginormous on this thing. We had sculptors, builders, all these, you know, painters, mm -hmm. like this whole production you know, had a mill and you get to play on it. Like you're of however many people, like you get, you get a day to just run through some million dollar set that no one else gets to do. So, you know, have fun. 
And so yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, to cool. me, that is, you know, win-lose. Like, you get to do something pretty bananas, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. basically like a like the world's best playground, you know, for grown-ups, I would say. <laughs> just that opportunity. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, I mean, it's so much fun. And, like, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a big, big, big set. Just, like, and you get to run around. And it's made perfectly tailored to be this fun experience and safe, all that jazz. And so, you know, have fun with it. You know, enjoy it. And that's prize enough. And then you get $10,000. Divided by three, after tax, it ain't much. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you might not be able to get the draft in, what was it, Boys to Men at his wedding? I was like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> have you had any of these teams, like either who succeeded or, well, I assume probably the ones who failed, like have any of them asked to, to come back on if there's a season two? Like, have you been hearing from them about that? Yes. Oh, I think all of them <laughs> want to come back. Every, everyone's like, you know, like without fail they're like we could do redemption episodes or whatever yeah. whatever like mm-hmm. everyone wants to come back and um you know and who knows i mean i don't know like you know season two uh it's gonna happen at some point or another but netflix works at a weird pace man they're, they're, mm-hmm. you know, there's no they're like hey we can put this back on the air in 2022 <laughs> or whatever <laughs> who, know, who knows you know because it's yeah. not only the getting it on speed it's like shooting it editing it and then you know mm-hmm, netflix right. has months of localization they have to you know uh, make it right. for all the world, right? Change everything. So like that takes that takes months. So it's just a slow process. I'm, I'm always like, people are like, when are you doing season two? And I'm like, I don't know, man. If I'm available, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it just depends. It's not rapid enough, you know. Like I'm doing right now. I'm in a CBS show uh, that we shot. Um, when did I shoot that? Last year? Uh, no, we this year. We shot this year. Finished shooting end of February. Aired in the summer, and I'm in season two right now, right? Like mm, I'm yeah. just like, okay, let's get season two going. Um, and like just Netflix doesn't work at that pace. It's just not a, that's not, they have yeah. so much stuff that it's just like, whatever, we'll, we'll get to it <laughs> when we get to it. So uh, I'm curious, did you guys make a reel of all the people face planting? Uh, <laughs> and if so, can I have it? <laughs> because I think that would get me through, you know, the, the rest of the quarantine very happily. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone may have put one on YouTube. We never did internally, I don't believe. But I believe like like someone put something like that together. But it was so many, so many wonderful, wonderful face plans. They were that beautiful. Just like, yeah, I mean it is it is a it is every time it happens it's just joyous. I mean, it's 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 it, actually I will say this. Every time it happens, you laugh and you're like, Are they okay? And then they're like, They're yeah. okay. Excellent. I, you know, someone, and by then the you way, keep some, laughing. Yeah, exactly. Someone <laughs> said someone broke something. No one broke anything on the show. Like we, yeah. we had like what I was very happy with the season because it was, you know, our main goal was if they had safety equipment, I don't feel it would have felt as fun. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had to wear helmets and shin pads and all that kind of stuff. So really our goal was like, how do we make this? Work? So, you know, we really, really dialed into that and like got out of that without anyone getting hurt. I think someone did pull a groin muscle mm-hmm. <laughs> going, yeah. going up the ramp into the stage or off of it or something like that. But <laughs> nice. otherwise, okay. yeah, like not even on the set, <laughs> like, but, uh, but otherwise like, you know, it's always, it's always our utmost concern and like no one I was like so, last week someone was like someone broke I was like no one broke anything <laughs> like, come on. yeah one of the questions we had about falling was was there like a rule of what percentage of your body could be in the lava before you were technically considered dead like was there someone who had to shout that or did you have that internally of like I mean you don't have to tell us what it was but I, we were yeah. curious how they yeah. decided when they were dead or not yeah, so I mean, again, like the challenge guy, Keith, the guy who's sitting there and telling the dude to push the buttons and all that chaos, 
he's, you know, he's in contact with like the other challenge people that are in the tank and mm-hmm. everyone that's watching and observing and like, you know, making sure people are following the rules and all that. And like, if someone, yeah, yeah, and the contestants knew, like, you know, at a certain point, if you, if you, and I don't, and to be honest, I don't even know exactly what the, um, the line was precisely. Um, yeah. but like there, the, it would be called, like, it would be like, you know, it'd be like, nope, that's a death, you know, or whatever that yeah. is. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, it, so there definitely were rules in place, you know? Um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, you know, things move so fast that you're just like, you don't even, you know, you're like, did that foot grace the, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> and, and you're like, I think so. And then you're talking to the people in the tank, like, I think they're, you know, and it's just like, okay, well, it looked like it didn't go that deep. So initially we were just like, let's make it so it's not just like you touch the lobby or out because it's just yeah. too difficult to do that you know to make yeah, it so you, cut and dry you can't have a lava ref making those calls on the you know standing in the background exactly so it's just it's just all too frenetic so but we did, yeah. definitely had a, we definitely had rules and that kind of keith would call when someone was dead oh okay so i've got i've got a weird one. Oh, i love it <laughs> we've seen gopros in the lava <laughs> the boat gopro <laughs> the boat gopros <laughs> and you know production being what it is i'm sure it's just like well that footage isn't useful but but was that intended to be footage for the show or was that yeah. for a different purpose so like you know our director um brian smith came in with a bunch of ideas you know like because we're always trying to figure out how are we um how are we you know, shooting this so we can edit it and everything, but giving it unique mm-hmm. perspective and all that type of stuff. Uh, one of the tools he thought would like work would be like, and, and again, some of this stuff isn't, um, isn't, uh, super expensive to try. It's just like, right. Hey, he had this, he was like, if we put on a boat, I forget what the camera was on. It wasn't a GoPro, some other camera. We actually didn't use any GoPro. It's a, there's a 4k issue that Netflix doesn't like with GoPros yeah. or something like that. Yes, that is true. But, uh, but, uh, so it's so on the boat was a camera and, and, and it was a 360 camera. So basically the way oh. it worked was it was shooting everything. And then when you bring it into edit, you can choose edit points within it. You can be like, okay, I want this, this, and I want it to pan from this shot to this shot kind of thing. You basically move, do your camera moves in edit. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, because of its like wide angles, I, it was used a couple times within the series, but it, because of its like wide angle and stuff like that, it, it, it shot a lot of, a lot of the world. And by that, I mean crew and, you know, the fourth mm. wall and all that. So it yeah. wasn't used that much. It was used a few times, but that was its intent. Like, you know, oftentimes we're like, you know, trying different things again, season one stuff, you know, being like, Hey, let's try this and see. It was pretty hysterical that there was yeah. like a lava camouflage boat, like flitting around you know, <laughs> in the lava, just trying to get shots. I could tell you our EIC was, was like, that's useless. Why are we spending money on that? Exactly. Someone did have to man it and it's a union show. Yeah. Think everything. That's the yeah. thing. Everything costs money. Like it's not like yeah. you could just, you know, everything costs a fortune, surprisingly. But, uh, but it was, there were a couple times it was used. I can't remember exactly where, but I'm pretty sure. I think in the uh, Mama's Boys runs, there was a shot of it being used. Mm. I'd have to, uh. have to look. When they were jumping on the rock, the big rock but. yeah man anything to give me an excuse to watch that one again I'll <laughs> they were they were the best I, they were the best in the whole were my series favorite i think so too i like no offense <laughs> to any other contestants listening. everyone else love, is wonderful i love you all but like they were just just their dynamic and their friendship dynamic and the way they work together and like there's a great narrative through their their little you know run through the court mm-hmm. yeah 
Was that like a an intentional thing in the contestant selection process of trying to pick people who would work together as opposed to just, I mean, because you can compliment yourself, each other in other ways. Like, you know, you could pick three guys who are just really strong, but don't necessarily have a strong friendship. Like, were you looking specifically for that kind of collaboration? Yeah, you know, it's it's a very tough thing. You know, I've done a lot of casting with two people, right? And two mm-hmm. people's hard in uh, groups of people. And that's hard enough because oftentimes, you know, you're like, that guy's great, but the girl is not so great or, or vice versa. So three mm-hmm. people's really hard because you need to find mm-hmm. three people who are friends who or family who, you know, interact well, who are funny, who are interesting, who are diverse, who, you know, different backgrounds and all are interesting. That's tough. There's a lot of casting where you're like, those two are amazing, but that person's not great. Um, but um, yeah, we were just trying to find, we wanted it to be a fun, friendly show. We wanted people to work together. We wanted them to argue some if they could, you know, and we wanted them <laughs> to have some sort of conflict within the confines of whatever your friendship or family relationship is. But like, yeah, we definitely wanted people working um, together, you know. And we saw yeah. so many great people. And I think the casting is really well done yeah. you know mm-hmm. and my biggest thing though is what where they failed me is i kept on being like i need three plumbers i wanted like a super mario <laughs> like <laughs> and every time they send me a cat i'd be like where are my three plumbers <laughs> like, <laughs> like just a da- imagine it goes a dad plumber and his kid plumber son to like also were plumbers <laughs> it would have been amazing <laughs> couldn't find it for me i was very disappointed uh. That's a shame. Maybe maybe season two. Yeah, yeah plumbers maybe, are out maybe. there somewhere. Yeah, here's a call out. Shout out to plumbers. Get out there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, plumbers, please audition for Flora's Lava season two. <laughs> uh, I, on a, another note from casting, uh, the the battling bros from the uh, I want to say it was episode seven mm-hmm. eight. Did they really get kicked out of their house? Did their mom never let them back home? Do you know? Can you follow up with them for us? I don't know. Probably. Maybe once COVID happened, she took them back in because it was just like, it felt bad. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's conceivable. It's very conceivable. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. I got worried for them. They did did pretty poorly considering how much they they said that their mom was going to really yeah, give, it, them. give it to yeah. him yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that was a fun, the fun thing about the show was and i liked how you always noticed but it's just like i like growy guys like i love yeah. growy guys on shows because i just think they're hysterical particularly when they get punched in the face you know yeah. <laughs> and just to watch him react but uh but like it's just it's just i i loved it when um you know the whole goal of the show was to make it so it wasn't only athletic people can win. And we tried to yeah. also cast it that way and stack it that way and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and make it so it was equitable. But I wanted to, you know, you wanted people like, you know, that one of the school teachers was like 60 something. Like you wanted to, it's, it's hard to do because Ninja yeah. Warrior never going to have anything like that. But like, right. you know, to us, it was always like, we want like people to like, be like, I can do that, you know, any shape, yeah. size, you know, and uh but i love really guys that lose it's always yeah. <laughs> so oh that's funny. my bread and butter it was amazing i'm from boston uh i was born in boston you know all my family's from boston so the boston guys <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it was such like just and, and like they leaned into it but it was just like douchey oh, boston yeah. guys i was just like this is yeah bad. like do-. and that was one of my casting <laughs> things too i was like douchey boston guys everyone <laughs> i need Find- i need yeah. some yeah, find me three douchey Boston guys. Surprisingly, not hard to find. Harder, you know, plumbers harder. Three douchey Boston yeah. guys, 
that's like just throw a rock. You'll find you'll find him at Duncan. So. <laughs> well, I mean, since we have you here and we were just talking about casting, aside from being a plumber, like what mm-hmm. what would you tell like people who her prospective people who who think, well, I, I, I know I want to do this and I want to find some people in my life who would be good to do this with. Like, what do you think mm-hmm. the sort of most critical things that people need in order to be good at this show like what 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 is the the list there like what are your your core competencies that you need to be able to play Flores Lava well mm-hmm. well I mean yeah, it's interesting I don't know I don't know if there's any skill set that's necessarily going to help you it's beyond the fact that like you know like we wanted to make it so you could at least work together or game certain things out at some point is going mm-hmm. to be something really difficult but like you should be able to get through a large portion of the course if you like work together. So like you wanted that kind of group dynamic cohesion. When we were looking at groups, we're like, okay, let's find three people that look like they can work together. We'd actually make them do stuff, you know, like when we're Skyping with them and stuff like that, be like, Hey, like do this for us. And you know, you kind of want to see what their group dynamic is. And what you're really looking for is like a natural chemistry amongst them. Right. Like they, they, you know, are funny just naturally themselves, you know, not because oftentimes people think we're looking for, you know, a show you know, for us. And it's not that because you, what you really want is real people because you want to put them in a situation where their real, you know, essence emerges um, in some yeah. way, shape or form. You know, I love, you know, but then again, like we definitely lean towards uh, some comedic people. And I think a couple of people had, had, had comedy background and stuff like that as well, but not, mm-hmm. that's not everything we're looking for. We're just looking like that first family, like Shadi and the twins. It was great because it was an annoying mom. And two kids mm-hmm. who are just like Jesus, mom, like you know, and that was yeah. great, you know. And so, so really, it's hard. It's just like you got to find people that have necessarily. I love those basketball girls, by the way. You had them on the podcast. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. they they had us in. They they probably were besides the cheerleaders. They had us in tears the entire control room. <laughs> like I just remember like gasping for air as they were just going through the course. And just saying silly things, and it was just like tears streaming down my face. They were wonderful, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just we're looking for natural people who have a good chemistry that aren't like when you're when you're when you're fun, when you're funny, when you're interacting. It's not fake. It's not doesn't feel mm-hmm. false. Doesn't feel put on. It feels like it's again. I always say like we love when we cast characters. Like they're, you're on the show to be you, but just you at a party or in front of an audience like mm-hmm. you're you know you're you're on you're not just like sitting around but but again we just want it to be you you know sure yeah yeah i think kind of on that uh note of you know good teams and stuff like that uh we usually ask our guests uh who their like <laughs> celebrity dream team would be to do a run with yeah. i'd also love to know from you specifically which room you would like to do the most oh interesting interesting what room would i like to do the most huh let's see what we got we got the planet I, you know i think i would like the indiana jones room the the uh, as, <laughs> the basement as it is called for some obscure yeah. reason that i still don't understand uh as a show <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I you know i love that room because it was like obviously our touch you know like we're like i love the staff and i love the the sarcophagus and I love the the mummy and like I just I just and the Easter mm-hmm. Island had probably was one of the hardest things to navigate and I just yeah. would have liked to I just would have liked to try that um 
So I think I would like that one just because I just loved all the elements of yeah. that one. And like, I don't know if people notice, but I love like, you know, one, like if you look at the crates in there, like one is an elephant mm-hmm. in a box and there's a little sphinx yeah. in a box. <laughs> it's like stupid yeah. story that, you know, um, I just love that room. Uh, in terms of who, so I'm very intrigued on who people have picked, right? Because everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, The Rock. I'm going to choose The Rock. <laughs> I, I've worked with The Rock. I've done two shows with The Rock. Um, and uh, I did a show called The Hero on TNT, which is a big action thing. I did a documentary series mm-hmm. called Wake Up Call. So I know, I know, not know him, but like I worked with him pretty closely. And I would not pick The Rock because <laughs> 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 because I just want you to know, like The Rock looks fit, and he is. That man is chiseled from marble. He like it, like from seated position to standing position, a little ginger. I'm not gonna lie. Like he needs, like, he's, he's, he's got a little pain. Like he has, like you know, like he's he taking a beating from wrestling, but not the rock. Uh, honestly, you need, like I, to me, small, nimble people are the best. So, like mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's like Simone Biles and Jackie Chan would be my my. <laughs> you know? so like I like it's like a like diverse group and like you know people flipping and doing things and like you know then you're gonna so get, then you're gonna get yeah. crawl. I can just um, imagine Simone Biles. That's amazing. Yeah, her and Jackie Chan. Like that should be a movie, really. But yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the amazing thing is, you know, we have people test this. We have real people. Like what we do is we set it up, and then real people come in and test the whole thing uh, the day before. It's such a rapid process because it's like we mm-hmm. kind of guesstimate what it's going to be, and then we put it together, and then we sold it up. But um, there's and so that would be fun. But there's this one guy, uh, Kenny, who's in the challenge team who can basically do anything like he, he he's this nimble like he just can do anything so like it was amazing to watch him do the course like he could just run the course in like five seconds he'd like flip, 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 flip. he did wipe out like he could do the big balls in like a heartbeat he could just run across oh, and, wow. and, and like he's just amazing so you know if it's not a celebrity it's him but like Simone Biles and Jackie sure. Chan just because I think would be hysterical there'll be like a comedy of errors Jackie Chan will say funny things <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, I love it. Yeah, but not the Rock guy. Trust me. I hope, I hope the Rock doesn't hear this. <laughs> I doubt it. I, I doubt he would take it personally. Honestly, I mean, hey, you know, everybody's getting a little older. Things are a little harder. Yeah. It and takes he, a lot of blood. Like, yeah, he wrestled a lot. Man. He wrestled a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's hard on your body for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Anthony, it's been an absolute treat to have yes, you on absolutely. Well, thank you i really enjoy i mean I, I love your podcast it's been very fun to listen to oh, thank you so much yeah and that song is great that you have in the intro i'm like oh this is good. Yeah, yeah dr popular absolutely killed it and uh i'm so grateful to him every day that i sent him a random dm and was like <laughs> can i use this for my podcast and he was like absolutely yeah i was like man i wish i knew that song is this is like, this is wonderful it's perfect for the show. <laughs> well i mean you could call him yeah exactly. season two season two <laughs> season two where can people find you anthony what uh i'm on twitter at at gang of wool two uh so you can find me on there and uh you can ask me anything and i may or may not answer. you can slide into my dms and <laughs> ask me whatever you want and i'll try i mean the amount of people who like are like write to me and are like can i get on the show I'm like when, is it? when it's casting i'll tell you, what, you know, I'll, I'll post it on my twitter <laughs> sure but uh, <laughs> but yeah yeah so you can check me out Great. there Awesome. So thank you to Dr. Popular for the use of his song Lava as the intro and outro of our program. You can find more of his music on Bandcamp, and we've linked that in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, all's fair in Lava and... War! <laughs> <laughs>
that felt extra like <laughs> silly having you do that. Yeah, it's wonderful. I made all those contestants do it. Yeah, this is our big chance to to like uh, to make you shout something. Yeah, revenge. <laughs>